0: Hi, my name is Cooper, and this is A Little English. Every episode, I read a short story. After the story, there are three tiny lessons. This week, we are going to finish the story Selling Point by Norman Arkawi from 1955. So, what happened last week? We met Ira, who is a nice salesman working for the U.S. Robot Company. He was going door to door selling robots. But not just any robots. These robots are so realistic that anyone would believe they are human. Ira was trying to sell a domestic robot to a lady whose name we don't know yet. She wasn't interested until Ira showed her that he is a robot himself. After that, She invited him in. I wonder why. Let's find out. Sit down, the woman said, and rest a while. Thank you, madam, he sat. But, of course, I don't need the rest. Model 1s can do strenuous work for 23 out of every 24 hours. In fact, in laboratory tests, they've been run for 186 hours continuously without a breakdown. He was back in his sales pitch. Work is the basic function of all U.S. robot company robots. With all their aesthetic perfection, the household models are no exception to this rule. They are unequaled in efficient performance. Power is the keynote of the model 1. He opened his demonstration case and removed a steel bar, 3 inches in diameter. Placing one hand on each end, he Bent the metal into a V. The heart of the mechanism, he went on, is a powerful 12 volt A battery, perfectly shielded and guaranteed to give trouble free service for at least 40 years. Sixteen motor centers are fed by the central power plant all coordinated and synchronized by the best fluey electronic brain ever devised. Sturdy TS steel alloy construction overall gives the Model 1 its phenomenal strength and durability. And the surface tissue, made of a new patented miracle material, combines the best features of aesthetic and functional performance. The woman was obviously impressed. Lips slightly parted. She watched Ira attentively and listened breathlessly to everything he said. Instinctively, he felt that he had made a sale. But the woman said nothing only gazed at him in a way that might have been covetous, might have been adoring, or might have been merely symptomatic of hypnosis. May I demonstrate the one's power and versatility in practical performance, Ira asked. Taking her silence to be consent, he swung into his demonstration. Swiftly, surely, he went about the room, cleaning. Effortlessly, he lifted large pieces of furniture and, holding them aloft with his right hand, he cleaned under them with his left. He talked as he worked. Notice the quiet efficiency of the self-cleaning electrostatic duster we have built in. We also have attachments for waxing, washing, spraying, painting, ironing, soldering. You're wonderful, the woman sighed. And let me point out, Ira pursued, eager to clinch the sale that the Model 1 is so lifelike that in normal operation it is almost completely silent. Only a faint throbbing like that of a human heart is noticeable. The woman cocked her head to a side. I don't hear anything, she said. Ira smiled triumphantly. Of course you don't. Come here, he said. Put your ear to my chest and you'll just be able to make it out. She rested her head on his chest and listened. The delicate fragrance of her perfume mingled with that sweet human scent that not even Model 1 robots could imitate. Ira bent his head and brushed his sensitized cheek against her hair. He felt emotions that no robot should feel. He silently cursed his makers and the wonderfully human brain they had given him. Their theory was that a salesman, to be effective, should think exactly like a human being. To better satisfy the customers, he should appreciate every human drive and desire. But it was wrong to feel like a man, to desire like a man, to hurt like a man, and be unable to ease the pain because he was not a man. For once, U.S. Robot had gone too far. The woman looked up with him with the eyes that broadcast adoration. You're wonderful, she repeated. Do you think... She hesitated, looked away. Could I be... In love with you, she asked with childlike innocence. Is it possible? Ira felt flustered, giddy, lightheaded, exultant, confused, miserable, and weak. Damn US robot and their perfected, fluey electronics. But, madam, he protested, I'm not a man. I'm only a... Please, call me Emma, the woman said. You see, I'm not Mrs. Bartlett. I've tried to tell you. Madam is not at home. I only work here. Gone was his exultant feeling. Gone the light-headedness. Only the misery and weakness remained in the realization that his yearning was impossible of fulfillment and that, to top it off, he had wasted his time trying to sell himself to a servant. Do you think I could? The maid repeated. Could what? Could what? Be in love with you. But, miss, don't you understand? I'm not. My name is Emma, she said softly. She smiled, and he fought down an overwhelming urge to touch her to kiss her pink, inviting lips. He stood rigid. He wanted to cry out in his torment. Her hand reached out to him, and he felt her fingers touch his. Electricity tingled up his arm and through his chest. Automatically, he repeated his cursed disavowal of humanness. Vaguely, he heard his own words, sounding like an echo in his ears. I'm a robot. I know, Emma said quietly. Then she held up her right hand, Revealing the identification stamp on her wrist. Model M. Feminine. Serial number 613912V. Amalgamated Androids, Incorporated. A moment later, the android was in his arms. He held her close. Dizzy with the sensation of this new emotion with one of his own kind. Several moments later, he pushed her gently away from him. Pack your bag, Emma, he said. She looked at him starry-eyed, but quizzically. But my work, madam, will be furious. Your bag, Emma, he repeated. When our companies built us, they made us as near human as possible, perhaps too much so. If we can work for humans, we can also live like them. US robots and amalgamated androids have just lost two employees. Your bag. Being an android, she could work faster than any human counterpart. Her bag was packed in nothing flat. That was pretty sweet, right? Actually, romantic. I think I'd like to have more sweet and romantic stories on this show. If you were wondering why I read so many old science fiction stories, it has to do with copyright law. Basically, once a certain number of years has passed, art becomes available for people like me to use for free. That's what I'm talking about in the credits when I say public domain. So, like uh, the first Winnie the Pooh book, only entered public domain last year. That's a problem for this podcast because really old stories tend to be pretty difficult for English language learners. It's just a different style of writing. But a lot of old science fiction stories were produced and published so cheaply that a lot of them never had copyright in the first place. And a lot of those stories, like this one, are pretty easy to read and pretty fun. Anyway, for the next few weeks, I will read stories that I wrote myself and are made for English students. I have enjoyed my rest, and I have some good stuff coming up for you. How about some tiny lessons? The big picture is full of Valentine's hearts. Why do they run away together? I mean, yeah, they're in love, but why run away? Well, the story never says it, but I don't think that these robots are allowed to just quit their jobs. They're not supposed to fall in love. They're just supposed to sell and clean. So, gotta run. And the Dictionary Disco? Are we still dancing? Oh, yes. And we are talking about... Phenomenal. A phenomenon is someone or something very special or unusual, like an eclipse or Otani Shohei. So if something is phenomenally strong, it's like Extremely, unusually strong. And how about adoration? If you adore someone, you love them more than love. You think they are just the best. So adoration is the act of adoring someone. And the melody moment? Is it a romantic moment? Sure, it is, because we are talking about w- which is the sound that is made by the letter W. And for a lot of my students, this is a really difficult sound. Why? Because they don't do a kissy face. Yeah. To make this sound correctly, you need to make a kissy face. Like a little child Trying to kiss their mom, and then open. Try it with an ah after it. Wah, 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 Go ahead, do it on the train or in your car. Practice with me. Wah, wah, wah. Wee, wee, wee. Fun. And, uh, romantic? Okay. Time for credits. Thank you for listening to this special bonus episode of A Little English. Every episode is produced entirely by me. Edward Cooper Howland, here in Hiroshima, Japan. If you like the show, tell someone about it. A recommendation from a friend is the best way to get someone to listen, and I would really appreciate it. I got this story from Project Gutenberg, which is a super cool resource for copyright-free books, And you should check it out. Again, thank you so much for listening. For now, be kind to yourselves and to each other.